Welcome to Chats and Chatters, where we talk about everything from politics to pop culture. I'm Alejandro and... And I'm Alma. And today, we're not eating chocolate. We're not, no. We're having hot chocolate. We're having hot chocolate. The weather has changed. Yeah. So cheers. Cheers. <laughs> also, we both forgot to buy chocolate. Yeah, true. We'll just pretend that this was planned out. This is all part of like the master plan. Yeah. It's the Illuminati master plan. Yeah. But we're sad that winter is coming. Winter is coming, friends. It is just. <laughs> it was raining the whole Saturday. Yeah. It was. It, it was raining like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday where I was. Okay. I think Friday okay. began to rain and I was like, oh god, I need to. I forgot to go grocery shopping. Oh no. And then I went out on Saturday. It was raining horribly. And then I just, I come back and I forget to, like, you know when you make your list on your phone and yeah. be like, oh no, the obvious things you don't put in, like milk. But then you look at that list and you forget to buy milk. I forgot to buy milk. And then I venture out at like, 4 p.m. when the rain begins to die down it did not die down so i was making my way up the hill and just like cats and dogs it was horrible i just go into the into my flat and be like i hate this weather yeah <laughs> and this is what's ahead of us for weeks now yeah. i'm afraid i mean which is shitty hopefully it snows yeah maybe that would be cool maybe but because that's like Late November. Maybe. Yeah, true. Hopefully a white Christmas. Oh yeah, that will be cool. But we will see. There's a whole lot of rain coming for October. I have a feeling. No, that, yeah. And that's not really going to be good. Yeah. I don't want to be out in October. Yeah. Oof. 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 But speaking of oofs, today we have a very oof topic. To do the vibe of the week, though. Oh yeah, we forgot the vibe of the week. What has been your vibe of the week? Um, so it's tied between just like getting ready for winter. Also, the the climate camp is done, and I'm really sad about it. Well, I'm re- I really yeah. miss the climate camp now. You miss the people there and everything. Yeah. But now you can sleep. That's true. Also, I don't have to be outside all the time because it's getting cold now. Yeah, so true. That's nice. I think it's perfect timing. Um, and also I have new hair. Oh yeah. It's so fancy. I and mean, my it... friends did it and they did an amazing job. But apparently I have a fuck ton of hair because um, they ran out of bleach. <laughs> <laughs> like at I, the top. I mean, I, I was gonna say, is, is it like the layering of the colors? Is, is it intentional? No. Um, the thing is that, like, everything was going amazing for mm. people who have never bleached hair before. Okay. Fantastic. But then, like, two thirds across my head, they were like, um, well, you just, like, have too much hair and we don't have <laughs> enough bleach. But it was, like, 10 p.m., so we couldn't get more. So we just kind of, like, went with it. So now okay. I have some brown streaks in it. Okay. But it's fine. Once it washes out, maybe I'll re-bleach those parts mm-hmm. that are still brown but i'll see it's kind of like, i don't hate it okay. it's kind of like the reverse billy eilish you know yeah yeah so it looks it doesn't look like you just color your hair it looks like 
Yeah. It's been sitting for like a while. It's fine though. I mean, it looks oh, good. Man. It looks good. It matches the. I mean. The aesthetic. Yes. <laughs> it matches the aesthetic, and as well as like if everything right now is always looking so gray. Yeah. At least, you, literally, you are the color on the city. Yeah. Also, like, I think I'd be upset if I had, like, really nicely done color. And why I don't, like, I don't want to hate on my friends. They did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. But this color is not... It's, it's already very not chaotic. Na- yeah, it's, it's already not natural. And not structured. Sure. So but. a few brown pieces are, like, don't bother that much. Mm-hmm. As if it were, like, really nicely done all over. Like it's very homemade, and I'm. I'm it looks that. very. It matches the alternative <laughs> hipster vibe aesthetic, but without being gentrifying. Yeah. It's not gentrifying. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what I wanted. <laughs> oh God, my vibe of the week is actually I might color my hair. Oh, what color? Gray. Ooh, fancy. I might, but at the same time. Well, you have to bleach the shit out of it. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I'm not really so stoked about it. I might not do it. I might will because I once had grey hair. Mm-hmm. It happened by accident when I dyed my hair blue. Oh. But we used something as gentle as like 50% bleach or something. It destroyed my hair. My hair was straw. It was breaking. Yeah. But there was one day when the blue faded and it, and it had gone from blue to green and i remember waking up on this wednesday and it was gray and i was like oh this is that's amazing cool. that's really amazing and i loved it i loved it so much but then the following days are just justin timberlake ramen yellow and i was like well i kind of want to dye it gray again mm-hmm. well it wasn't again but i kind of want to do it but I, I need to get pictures taken from my passports so, I might sit a while, maybe like a week or so. Yeah. And then, because I have, uh, my institute is going to take like portrait sessions next week. Mm-hmm. So, I might just like sneak in and be like, hey, can you just take my passport pictures real quick? And then the day after, just that's dye my hair. That's good that, idea. That's good planning. Yeah, nice. So, the topic. Oh, the topic. Ooh, it's a... Uh... It's a very gloomy topic for a... Very gloomy day. It's not that gloomy, actually. But it's been a gloomy week. It's been a gloomy week, it's been yeah. It's But it's... I mean, it's supposed to rain. It's supposed to get gloomier. But the topic is... Are we right now living in a dystopia? Or... Is this just society? The thing is, like, what is a dystopia, right? I mean... I think the the definition of dystopia is a non-functional society. Hmm. I think the general I think the general consensus would be a non-functional. I mean, have you read The Handmaid's Tale, or I I seen the show. Okay, or um, nineteen eighty four. Uh, yeah. Um, because those are arguably functioning societies. Mm-hmm. They're functioning, they're just terrible. Okay. Which is why I would argue, if that's your definition of a dystopia, this is totally a dystopia. <laughs> I mean, true. True. Right? Yeah. But I think we have not yet 
reach dystopian levels of a non-functional society. I think it's, in my opinion, it's closely to a, a civil war society. Mm-hmm. Because when you see all over the, the globe, all of the countries are divided into far-right people, conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. pizza gate. And people that have common sense and believe that the earth is round. And no, the vaccines do not cause autism. So, it's more, it feels like a rift. Like a divide of people that do not know what truth or like general truths are. But it's not, they're yet to be dysfunctional. depends on how you describe it mm-hmm. I guess I mean I don't want to say we live in a dystopia because that's very like hopeless and yeah. I don't want that we, we're holding on to hope mm-hmm. a little bit a little. <laughs> but like I don't know if you describe like oh this is a planet that destroys its own resources mm-hmm. um, a species that destroys their own planet destroys their own kind while doing so for a few people living in a certain area to live like really nice wealthy lives um others have to suffer have to live in poverty have to starve have to die from um natural disasters caused by Mm -hmm. the industries and stuff um that is like if that were a novel that would be a fucking dystopia yeah true (laughs) But I think maybe that's like very Panem. Yeah, kind of. I think we can compare ourselves to Panem. Yeah. More than like nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Or other dystopias because we still hold freedom, freedom certain freedoms we still yeah. have. Like the people in Panem, they they did not have the same freedoms as as we did, but they had a certain limitations of freedom that they were working in their own, like, structural systems to serve someone else. But the the thing about Panemus is that it's a metaphor for mm-hmm. our current world. Um, but we... I feel like a lot of people misread the books because mm. we like to read um, ourselves as part of the, the rebellion, as part of... Mm-hmm. Um, um, the good guys. What is it? District 12. And, mm-hmm. and like Katniss. Like we want to be Katniss. But we're the capital. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if there were a story told from one of the districts of our world. Okay. That would be a dystopia and we would be the bad guys. True. Because it feels that... Which as a German I feel very different. <laughs> I think that's like a very generational trauma that goes on. But in a way, it's uh, a lot of the a lot of the effects come from uh, because then you you have to say that human existence, societal human existence, is dystopic because I don't think there has been one civilization of humankind which would not fit would fit into. A good society. Because That's true. 
I think it's about narrative, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that everything is just about the stories we tell. And we always tell the stories of the winners. True. That's why globalization is a tale of, like, um, opportunity and freedom and, Mm -hmm. um, like, good things. While for people in South Asia or Southeast Asia, for example, it might not be... (laughs) Because they're the ones being exploited. They're the ones having to suffer from um, the climate crisis mm-hmm. and the natural disasters occurring. Germany, I mean, yeah, we've had hotter summers and less mm-hmm. um, cold winters and we feel the climate change, but it doesn't we don't have, have yeah. disasters in the same way. And we have the resources to fix things in case they break from mm-hmm. a nest, from a storm, for example, but if you're in Malaysia, you might not have that mm-hmm. <laughs> because you also don't have the same systems in place in your state, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know a lot about Malaysia, but you have yeah, you have that a different example, but yeah, but you have I think in uh, underdeveloped nations, you have a set of. Uh, governments they're just not there to uh yeah govern they're made in a way they're there to make a profit yeah so it's kind of like uh there was this documentary called the social dilemma it's on netflix it's gonna make you want to delete facebook which we all deleted facebook years ago yeah i i've deleted facebook after watching it it's just like insane but one of the things that they mention is profits Mm-hmm. So we live in a society right now that sees that extracting oil mm-hmm. has more value than keeping the oil where it is. Mm-hmm. And it's this very not it's this very very narrow minded thinking of consume now, think about the issues later. That it kinda it's been the whole base since the Industrial Revolution, it's just produce wildly. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of Ende Gelände ever? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a German activist group um, that go and block coal infrastructure. And since this year, also gas mm-hmm. infrastructure. But um, they have these pictures and like these facts about um, in in the Rheinland. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been like. Um, what was it? I think 300 or 400 villages have been torn down to get the coal underneath them. And the people just, like, lose their mm-hmm. homes. <laughs> and, like, that is fucking dystopic. No, that is. Why do we let this happen and why is this not? I mean, it's a known fact, but it's nothing that, like, outrageous people. And I'm just like, yeah. why though? I'd be upset if my childhood home was like torn down mm-hmm. by some company to get the coal underneath. I, what? <laughs> I think it's media desensitization. Yeah. Because we're now just so used to having not bad things, but it's now as society, we accept things that are just like unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I guess the media has manipulated people into thinking, oh, no, you have to go through all these bad things to Mm -hmm. survive. Mm -hmm. Which is not like, 
oh no, you should lose your home to survive. Yeah. Which honestly should not happen. But at the same time, it's uh, what kind of media we consume all of the time. Because let's say uh, the movies that make the most money, apart from superhero movies, are movies that tell very bad stories. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, uh, when you, what was that movie? American Sniper. Mm-hmm. Which was, and a lot of people saw it as propaganda. I haven't seen it. Which, it does not, it's not not propaganda, but at the same time, it's an anti-war movie. Okay. Because it shows this guy being glorified, and the movie itself kind of glorifies him, but it shows that he's, like, a horrible person. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird thing. But you see people dying in that movie, and we see so many action movies where people get shot and war mm-hmm. movies and everything. And that's... And on video games, we see that kind of thing. And God knows what's on their internet. So, right now, we're just so desensitized to those kind of things that we think them as non-issues. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and also, it's what the media decides to tell a bigger narrative. So, it's kind of like what happened in Beirut. If that happened, I don't know, in Paris or in London, people would be making movements and whatever. But because it happened in Beirut... No one talks about it anymore. No one cares. Even though, like, hundreds of people got injured, hundreds of people died. Like, a whole city has been destroyed. And no one talks about it. It's because it's, oh, it happened in an underdeveloped nation. They have to go through these struggles. It's not that. Yeah. And then we go into, are we just having psychological dystopian thoughts more than the society itself Mm, no i think like i don't know i feel like there's this weird disconnect between like us being like oh it's so safe and peaceful and like nice and everything's good but like it's Mm -hmm. that's only true for like this tiny part of the world that we are in and that's like shit because I would always, like, I'm always like, oh, I'm so glad that I grew up, like, in peace. And, like, there is no war. But there's lots of war. Yeah. It's just not here. Also, like, we're involved in that war. It's just not here. So I'm not bothered by I mean, I am really bothered by it. But you know what I mean. You're not affected. I'm not affected. It doesn't doesn't affect you mentally. There's people at the European borders dying every day. For the past six years. They're just numbers, right? Like, of course there's people and activists Mm -hmm. and movements pushing to get them here. But it's been five or six years and there's still people dying every day. And those people have their camps out on fire. Yeah. So it's not... And what do we do? We take in like, what is it? We take like thousand people. Yeah, a year. I think like a thousand five hundred or something. No, like. it's a ridiculous low number. Oh, Jesus Christ! There is thirteen thousand people in a camp made for two and a half, mm-hmm. three and a half thousand, and we're like, we'll take a thousand. It's fine. It's fine. It's like what we can do. Hmm? It's like the government thinks, oh no, we take a thousand because that's the best we can do, given like, that, given that like. 
any any place in let's say at least for Europe because we're here mm. could take more people. Oh yeah, easy. We could clear all the camps. We could if we really wanted. But then it comes back to this profit thing. Exactly. For the government, it's more profitable for them to be at the camps than to integrate them into society because that takes a bigger effort. And then you're putting a price tag on human lives. But that's very dystopic. That is very dystopic. But at the same time... Human life isn't the most valuable thing. But when has human life been the most valuable thing? Because ever since humans existed, there has been slavery. That's true. And it's not... We cannot live in this idea that, oh no, slavery died in the 1800s. Which is not true. It didn't. People are still being sold as slaves. Yeah. So, how can we say we're not in a dystopia when we have things that, like, philosophically, they are dystopias? Unless we say, for humanity, for human society to exist, not to exist... But it's one of the things that it involves human society is slavery. And because it's the nature of the human, it's no dystopic to have slavery. So you can you can go into this boundary that says like yeah. maybe humans are not ethical. Humans aren't ethical, right? But we can be. And then it goes into like I don't remember who who were the two philosophers who had this uh the thoughts, but there was one that said Humans are inherently bad. Mm-hmm. It's society that makes them good. Or humans are inherently good and it's society that makes them bad. I think that's the second one. I think that humans are inherently good because you can see that like in their personal lives, a lot mm-hmm. of humans are amazingly good and amazingly kind. Um, or can be. Um... Especially in, like, crisis situations. But as a whole, as a society, you get so distanced from certain things that you can do really evil things and not feel bad about it. Right? Like, I don't know. I feel like once you reach a certain level of, like, distance from other humans... You don't feel for them as human beings. Because I... I would argue that every single person who visits one of the refugee camps in Greece would want to help those people. Mm-hmm. I would also argue that the same people, while in Germany, only seeing like numbers of people in Greece, mm-hmm. don't care that much. So I think it's the distance. Yeah. So... Smaller societies. Stop globalizing. I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I think because we have reached uh, a high number of people on the planet, mm-hmm. I think we. I think if we're not already at eight billion, we're just nearing eight billion. Yeah. So it's now it has come to the point. There's so many humans that like we do not care. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you have that much candy on the table mm-hmm. for a kid. If you grab something, they're not going to care because they have so many. Mm-hmm. But then you relate that to human lives. And then you lose the value of people. And then the media helps you 
to oh no, such and such thing happens in uh, in Syria in Beirut. You have all this bad news, and then you have oh Kim Kardashian got another ass surgery. It's also I think um, exhaustion because you can mm-hmm. always. Like, you get so much information about what's happening everywhere on the planet at all times. You get, like, really exhausted. um, And you feel really bad a Mm -hmm. lot of the time. So, for example, what I do is I barely check the news because I'm like, I can't. I will feel like shit all day Mm -hmm. if I do that. Um, And that, like, distances me from a lot of things. That I maybe should care about, but can't because I can't care about everything. Um, right? And like. And also it leads know. you to. To. If you only consume bad news, you're only. It's bad for your mental health. Yeah. So it becomes this vicious cycle. It's like, oh no, the news are bad and I try to help, I don't find help. And then it just spirals out of control and you are not. Well, you're not yourself, first of all. You're not taking care of yourself. You're not being good to yourself. And then you're not being able to be productive to helping improve society. So there are only a certain set of issues that we can care about all the time. And I did... uh, Like, in my opinion, a lot of people should care mostly of what's happening closer to them because that's something they can affect mm-hmm. over more than care about elections overseas or anything. Mm-hmm. But we should also know the importance of the election in November in the United States because yeah. it's... When we look back at it, you can say that the election of 2016 was a catalyst for the state where things are right now. I'm not going to say Trump being elected is to blame for everything that has caused because it was an inevitable cycle. People were giving Obama a lot of shit when he was president. So it was not the election of Trump, but it was the election of Trump that put things so forward and separated people that right now, when we look at it, it feels that everything is horrible. Yeah. Because they're so at the forefront. But I think that when he gets out of office, Mm -hmm. which hopefully is now, but I won't be surprised if it's 2024. We'll see. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. But I think that after he steps out, then we have a a vacuum. Because there there hasn't been a shift of this significance of worldwide politics and the effects of it in what 30 years i mean ever since the cold war there there has never been this such divide and threats of war because we're nearly i don't know i mean there was a whole war in like iraq and afghanistan yeah but was it as globally affecting as the, I don't know why I was a child. I mean, I was a child as well. I, but I don't remember people being like, oh no, this war is affecting us. Mm-hmm. This war is destroying businesses or... Not businesses, but affecting other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Because it's in such a secluded... Not secluded, but it's a very 
distant part of the planet with such hard access to get into for, in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the war in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. When you compare it, it's very far away, it's very distant. Yeah, that's true. But the trade wars that we're having with China yeah. and the US because Trump is stupid. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to blame China being that the US is dependent on China. So that trade war, whatever you want to call it, it has destroyed global economy. Because no one now does business with China other than China. And China itself, with the amount of people, is kind of self-sufficient now. China Mm -hmm. controls Asia. Mm -hmm. And and Europe is just in the crossfire. And Europe has an issue with Russia. Yeah. Because it is unfortunate, but, like, Europe trades with Russia. And Russia is is a dictatorship. Yeah, that's true. And then... The European populace split themselves into, oh, the Americans has this far-right guy. And then we see the rise of Pegida. We see the rise of the five stars in Italy. Marie Le Pen, Boris, that, that Spanish guy who God, God knows his name. But it's a split. It's not yet full-blown dystopia. I would like to believe, like, I'm an optimist in this phase. And I'm yet to lose hope. I think the thing is, if we call this a dystopia, we have to call all of human history a dystopia too. Because I think it feels very, very terrible right now. And we are in turbulent times, of course, like a pandemic and stuff. That's Mm -hmm. not everyday business. (laughs) But there have been pandemics before. Even worse ones than the one we're living through right now. So... I think it's not more of a dystopia than the rest of human history. Mm -hmm. And it's probably not that much worse than the rest of human history. We're just, like, more aware of it because we're young adults Mm -hmm. and for the first time not in, like, the secure bubble of what our parents tell us and what they keep from us. I I think that's the... In this case, we're too close to global destruction from the last pandemic because the last pandemic was a hundred years ago give or take and then I mean we were not alive during the Spanish flu oh yeah so we don't know what people were thinking of like this is the end we're all gonna die I think they did they must have because they just came out of a war Mm -hmm. they got hit with a pandemic fucking pandemic and then they had a recession. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they probably had went through those feelings. And you can see it in the literature. It's very depressing literature. Yeah. But there is still some optimism. But there is optimism now. Yeah. There's hope for optimism. Because when you read the news, when you see everything, and then you have people saying like, oh no, and... 10, 20 years, we're going to be in war. The, I mean, we might. We might. Not. I mean, we might. But maybe it's that thing, because we're in the middle of it, it feels inevitable. Yeah. It feels like uh, what is happening with the BLM movement, what is happening with the QAnon and, and everything, it feels like they will kill each other soon. But... And they're in a type of war already. It's just 
it has moved to social media platforms. But that's what I... Like, I like to remind myself that my parents grew up during the Cold War. Mm -hmm. And they fully believed that it would happen and they would die. Because Germany was in, like, the... (laughs) The middle of it. The least... (laughs) No, the the worst place to be, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, But they didn't. The war didn't break out and they didn't die. So, we'll be fine. Right? We hope that we'll be fine. I mean, my grandmother lived through an actual war. Mm-hmm. A world war. And she was fine eventually. I think, I think maybe what a lot of we have is generational fear. Yeah. Because I think hopefully none of the people that, that listen to this have been in situations of armed conflict. Yeah. And the idea for us seems so alien. Yeah. At least, at least for me, coming from uh, America, there is a continent that has, it has seen wars inside of it, but it has not seen global wars, as of Europe that has been battlefield for centuries and centuries. Love it. So, I think that, for more war experienced countries, there is this sense that like oh we might go through this again mm-hmm. and there's this fear and because you fear it you're going to say it you're going to be like oh no we're going to go on a war again and then it at least to the news at least to media outlets but i think there's also more of a hesitation true at least i feel like with like germany because compared to the u.s our um narrative on war is never like glorious true war is never a good thing well in the u.s media and stuff it's like very glorified to Mm. be soldier and like we saved the world from nazi germany which i have a lot of thoughts about (laughs) um but like because we were the ones to lose twice um it's never a glorious thing. Mm-hmm. So I think the hesitation to start a war is higher. I would hope, at I, least. Because, please no. Europe knows what has happened. And I think Russia at the same time, although Russia is very trigger happy, mm. they're very cautious. Mm-hmm. While the US is dependent on conflicts mm-hmm. it's economically dependent yeah. on conflicts so it kind of for them it feels like oh no we have to begin something mm-hmm. and then but what it felt like at least for me is that uh the disinformation that is happening over there mm-hmm. is causing them to go into a conflict themselves other than just like begin bombing other countries which they already do yeah. But I think if something is to happen, I think it's going to happen there first. Yeah. And I then, think the US is mm-hmm. a, um, what do you call it in English? Like about to burst. Oh, okay. I don't know. About to burst. No, in, uh, in German we have this term like Pulverfass, which means a... Gunpowder barrel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know. One. I mean, yeah. One little thing and everything blows up. But uh, 
But it feels like over here is the same thing. Yeah. I mean, at least on East Germany, it feels like it is. Because although in West Germany, I feel that they know or they are aware of the issues that happen here. They're aware in the news, but they oh, don't no, live they're it. aware of the issues happening here, but, but they, they don't ignore care. the issues they have. Mm-hmm. There was a... Did I tell you last time? There was a report about 29 police officers in Nordrhein-Westfalen mm-hmm. um, who are in a radical right um, network. And they found out about that network. And the response was, well, but those are like... Um, like bad apples. Yeah. No, the fuck they're not. They're representative of who's in the police force. Fucking truth, Chris. And the thing about West Germany is that they like to pretend that there is no right wing people there, but that's simply not true. Like, not all of Germany's Nazis are in Saxony. That's just <laughs> not how it works. I mean, the some girls there are no Nazis in Saxony. But there are no Nazis in Germany. Yeah. They've been... Nazi-free. Nazi-free since 45. Which is a lie. <laughs> We've never been Nazi-free. <laughs> but I think in Saxony, everything is more palpable because... Oh, yeah. We are literally in the middle of it. We're literally in fights with people. Yeah. It is either going to protest or is the little things on trams. Like... Yeah. I can tell you how many racial races and concerts I had in the last week alone. With probably it's fucking terrible. Yeah, with probably Pegida people. And yeah. it was kinda of like, oh, we're about to throw hands right now on yeah. a tram. Yeah. And so like the issues are there, we just are so separated from it. Like it's misinformation. Mm-hmm. We can't say they're like, oh no, we're the righteous one. We're the right ones. Mm-hmm. But we're not killing people based on their skin color. Yeah. Which gives us, you know, a moral a edge. A little bit. <laughs> but as, at the same time, we don't see their side. I mean, I... Do I, I want to see their side? I want to see to understand it. Okay, then. I want to yeah, see why fine. they believe the things they do. How does that information come across to them? Mm-hmm. Because it's, once again, it's social media coming into... This algorithm that is just like, if I like something, if you engage with a post or like with a news or with an ad, it just feeds you that thing. And then you begin to believe that thing because it's, oh, look how many people agree with me. Yeah. You don't see the other side. That's true. So there is a lot of misinformation. Yes. We don't know what they think if they think. Because less, they do think. They do think. They think very erroneously and horribly. But I would like to know how they got to that extreme. Yeah. Because it's not okay. It's not normal to to think that you are superior than other people. Yeah. Because it goes. It's kind of like that Friedrich Nietzsche. Like the uber human, like mm-hmm. the, su- the super superior human that you're above the law and you're the righteous one. Mm-hmm. Which we know where that turned out. So, are they, are they thinking themselves that without being educated? 
and then you yeah. can prove that Nietzsche was, oh no, he's right, but in a way that like, there are no people that are this superhuman. They just believe they are. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, I, and I can't, like, I can't fathom what leads them to believe that. Because they believe that they have understood. And everyone mm-hmm. else believes the lie that the media tells them. Mm-hmm. But they have understood now. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, but like science. Yeah. And the belief of conspiracy theories is... It's just like how, how you link so many far-fetched things into, yeah, yeah. into like making your reality. It's, it doesn't make sense. It, it logically does not make sense, and then people are just setting fire to five G towers because they cause coronavirus, which there is no correlation. Is the same thing if people in the 1910s were setting fire to radio towers. Because, oh no, it gives us the the Spanish flu. The Spanish flu. Like, what's know. the logic? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's fear. Most of it is fear. It's probably fear. Because fear is the basic human emotion. Yeah. It's, it's a controllable emotion. Yeah. Because you can rule by being charismatic. Yeah. Or you can rule by fear. Yeah. And I think the way that you rule by fear or control by fear populations and people is that the moment they're not scared of you to say something, they're in this mob, mm-hmm. in this mass of people. It's like, oh, you do not think this way. And then you get physically, verbally assaulted. Yeah. So in, in a way, you're casticizing your own people you eliminate them by by fear and that's easier than just be charismatic than be likable oh man but it's not about fearing you it's about fearing something else it's just oh, yeah, yeah. it's just humans are too easy to manipulate now they've always been yeah but like, may i remind you we're in germany uh, <laughs> They've always been easy to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Maybe faster to manipulate now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Information travels so fast. It's yeah. just so easy to... That's true. It's just so easy through an external ideology to get to you. Yeah. And it's easier to do it, like, anonymously. Mm-hmm. Because it's an, an algorithm doing the, the dirty work for you. Right? And... It's hard to believe that people... Because people did not program program this algorithm to be evil. The algorithm is just doing what it does. Yeah. But it shows that it's it's flawed. Yeah. Because I don't believe that Facebook or Google can filter out fake news. Or like racist speech. Like whatever. It just shows you what it is. And then you will have to trust the, the person to you know, eliminate, filter those things. Yeah. But if you're into that bubble, if you just go into, oh no, show me conspiracy theories, show me hate speech. Yeah. And then you see all the people that talk the same thing as you. Yeah. You know, it gets depressing. It is really depressing. 
hope. There it's is been, hope. like, I don't know. Humanity's been shit for centuries. <laughs> but we just kind of get going, and sometimes life is nice. Eventually, mm-hmm. right? we do get going. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we do get going. I think, is the human nature to survive and persevere? We just keep, keep going. Yeah. That's what humans do. They just keep going, no matter what. And I think, um, because the big picture is always, like, so depressing, just focus on, like, little things, mm-hmm. right? Focus on your personal life, because that you have, like, actual influence on. But also, don't... Don't be selfish. And okay. don't disregard the big picture. Mm-hmm. Just because you feel like, oh, I'm one tiny human, like, what can I do in a global crisis? If you do nothing... You do nothing, yeah. but if you try and do something, you might achieve something, you know? Just, like, you can don't in- give up. <laughs> you can influence your community, and that yeah. grows. Yeah. So it's kind of like... In a, in a way, it's a weird example, but, like, think of Jesus. He was just, like, one guy. Yeah. And then you have, like, what, three billion people that believe in him? Yeah. Don't worry about that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jesus was cool. Is oh, his yeah. is his fans that suck? The mm-hmm. fandom always suck. Is the same thing with fans. The fans are always so fucking annoying. <laughs> Jesus fans, get the fuck out. <laughs> he was a chill guy, but he would defend prostitutes, the poor. Yeah. And when you think of this Christian, people are like, oh no, fuck the poor. So, the yeah. fans suck. Yeah, that's true. So you yeah. have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Affect your community and then grow that slowly in because that's what you can, can yeah. be, you know? And like, be active, go vote. Mm-hmm. Go vote, register to vote if you can, if yeah. you're legal age. If, if you need to register to vote mm-hmm. in Germany, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, a little parenthesis, but I have never voted. Because you've never been in the place where you can vote? Exactly. So, I have voted like four or five times already. It's weird to just go out to people and be like, vote, having like, oh no, I was never, I was never able to vote. But you weren't able to, to vote. Yeah, right? I That's would. a different thing. Yeah, I would. I just need to get that citizenship. Yeah. So vote if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, tell your friends to vote if they can. Um, if you're American, please elect the 46th president. I'm not going to say who, just... Get, get number 45 out. Yeah, please. please. And, um, yeah. I mean, take care. Take care. Keep warm. Keep warm. Oh, how, how did you like the hot chocolate? I, I mean, yeah, I was going to ask, how are we going to review this? I don't know. Did it, you like it? I like it. Okay. I li- it, 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 it warms you up. I, I was a little... It's, it's good to have something that's warm on your yeah. hands to warm you up. Yeah. Also... We did it with oat milk, and I like hot chocolate with oat milk better than hot chocolate with, like, dairy, I have found. So, oat milk. Dairy makes it too clumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Oat milk, friends. It's better for the environment, and it tastes great. Yeah. and it's, I mean, it's cool to say that you drink oat milk. Yeah. It's kind of like a little badge. <laughs> I saved the climate. I saved the climate by drinking oat milk. <laughs> One cup of hot chocolate at a time. That that should be a pin. 
<laughs> that should be like an advertisement I'll for I'll do Olmec. a sticker with it, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah. So, have a sweet day. Thanks for listening. Um, thank you to Anna oh. and Frodo. For making, yeah, for making our jingles, our art. Yeah. Give us a follow on Instagram at Chats and Chocolate. Send us an email at chatsandchocolate at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, if you want to say anything about today's topic or something that really got you thinking about today or like a news, yeah. slide into our DMs. We're, we're, we're single Pringles in the Chats and Chocolate Instagram. <laughs> I mean, please don't slide into our DMs that way. We're prof- we're professional. We're not that single. We're, we're not that single. We're just slide gently into our DMs. Okay. <laughs> Take care. Bye.